This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello there. Welcome to PM Talking Jazz. For those of you who go through the PMBOK guide and there are a bunch of words you got no head or tail about them, it's a reminder that these words need to be looked out for. So as I talk jazz here, I want you to take a look and see if you really know or remember these words. So PM Talking Jazz is really just that. I'm just talking PMBOK jazz. So, for example, if I mention a word like activity, it should ring a bell. You should know, this is on page 698, and you should know what an activity is, a distinct scheduled portion of work performed during the course of a project. But I'm just going to make random sentences. Some of it is going to sound like gobbledygook, but as I mention these words, I want you to go look them up. So, it's a little game we're going to play. You ready? Let's go. Our bidder conference was rather chaotic, but it followed the bid documents that we'd sent out, and the benefits management plan seemed to be a very good precursor to those bid documents being prepared. We had actually been involved in some benchmarking based on Company X because we wanted to make sure that we had a high standard just like Company X. Perhaps we would be able to run them out of the market. But anyway, the basis of estimates that we put together at the very beginning seemed to lead us down a wrong path because we ended up getting some really bogus results. Proposals from these so-called vendors. And by the time we got all this information and put into the baseline, it was totally warped. And towards the end of the project, as we got these deliverables, we tried some attribute sampling. That didn't work. We decided to use a bar chart. More precisely, try to look at the histogram details, but that didn't really help us very much. In the middle of the project, we did a backward pass and a forward pass, and we realized that our float, to be precise, our total float, was actually negative, which wasn't very good. And talking about the authority to do these things, well, as the project manager, you know the project manager has the authority to do things like a forward pass and a backward pass, and to compile an assumption log and take a look at assumptions and constraints and inclusions and exclusions as well. So after a lot of analytical techniques had been used and analogous estimating and alternatives analysis had been put into the mix, we came away with various findings. But that was after our agreements. Our agreements with this shady vendor proved to be a big mistake. Now, what we should have done in the beginning is gotten everyone into a room and we should have done some affinity diagrams and grouped ideas and we should have seen if there was any commonality to sniff out this fake vendor. But anyway, the fake vendor ended up saying they're going to use a predictive life cycle, whereas what we truly needed as a delivery mode was really an adaptive life cycle. So 
by the time the actual duration and actual cost were factored in, we realized that they were so far off the mark. And that's not to say that we didn't use any precedence diagramming method network diagrams. In fact, we used the AON, which is also known as PDM. We followed everything to the T. We had our activity list, we had our activity duration estimate, we took note of our activity duration and activity attributes were very detailed. And at the end of the day, we were presented with a schedule. But the schedule was not very realistic, to be honest. And it's unfortunate that while we were in the middle of trying to sort out the schedule, Company X was taken over by Company Y. Company Y took over this organization called Company X and things just went to the dogs from there. Acquisition was difficult, acquiring resources became a nightmare, and a level of accuracy totally went off. At the end of the day, it was a big mistake to even accept any deliverables. Talking about accepted deliverables, our acceptance criteria was very, very weak. As a result of it being so weak, things went to the dogs further. You see, this project had several deliverables that needed to be performed and needed to be done. But when this company was purchased by a different organization, like I said, things went upside down. You know, the bottom-up estimates that were done ended up being bogus. The budget went out of the window. And the budget at completion, which was used for earned value metrics, ended up being riddled with errors. And they refused to rebaseline. So there were no buffers in there. The business case became obsolete. And the business value became rather shady. We couldn't really pinpoint what the business value would be at the end of this nightmare project. And so I told my team, hey, why don't we find why this happened? Let's put together a cause and effect diagram. But of course, you know, people kind of don't like the Ishikawa for some reason. They feel that the Ishikawa could be replaced by some other sort of quality management tool. So change ended up being thrown out of the window. They didn't want to change. They didn't want to find out where we went wrong and change things. So the change control board was dissolved. Change control went out of the window. The change control system, which was a binder full of signatures, was put on the scrap heap. And don't even talk about the change log. That was rather pitiful. Our change management plan, which was quite a good plan at first, ended up being obsolete as well and all those change requests in the change log they ended up not being done the initial project charter that the sponsor had signed don't even talk about that i think a lot of the trouble stemmed from the checklist very very weak checklist analysis there were no check sheets Someone said, tally sheets are a waste of time. Let's just inspect. Inspect what? So because of this nightmarish vendor, we ended up having a lot of claims. A lot of claims administration and coming towards the closed project or phase process in the closing process. We took a look at the code of accounts and all those control accounts that were still open. They had to be shut fast really quick. The project became a disaster. Now, 
I do want to say that part of collect requirements is responsible for this. If only requirements had been better collected, we would have realized that co-location was important. It was a really important step. They tried to put us all in one building, but some people kicked against it. So we ended up not being co-located, unfortunately. And the communication methods that were used were very weak. Instead of using interactive, we just used push and pull. And as a result of that, the team wasn't communicating properly. Communication models went out of the window. The sender-receiver models were hopeless. Encoding was improper all the time. And by the time people got the message, they were mixed up. There were mixed messages. So the communication requirement analysis, what we can say about that was it was an absolute disaster. N times N minus 1 divided by 2 wasn't used. The communications management plan was weak. And that's when this vendor came into the mix again. The vendor said, well, the communication style assessment that you guys have just done, it does not hold true. And I blame the sponsor for listening to them and deciding to use some rather unnecessary communication technology, which further threw our offshore team off. Because the sponsor, in my mind, almost colluded with this so-called vendor to introduce some outlandish tools and techniques and technologies that the team did not know how to use. So... Drawing a line back to conduct procurements, it was a big, big mistake to ever sign any agreement with these folks in conduct procurement. And the configuration management plan that we had in the beginning, the configuration management system we put in place, that just went out of the window. It's like this vendor brainwashed us. And then talking about conformance to requirements, talking about constraints, it's like everyone was hypnotized. This company provided some bogus context diagrams. And at the end of the day, no one really knew what exactly these context diagrams were depicting. They were off. The business systems that they were meant to represent were not the current business systems. This was based on some old antiquated stuff that we'd used since the 80s. As a result of this, no amount of contingency or contingency reserve or contingent response strategies would have saved us. We didn't see it coming. The contract had been signed. The contract change control system, which was in place for other sensible contracts, just couldn't be used for this one. Talking about control, there was absolutely no control. Talking about control procurements, forget that. It was hopeless. And they presented some fake control chart of the deliverables that had been produced and the rule of seven indicated that the process was out of control but people couldn't see it we couldn't control our costs the control limits were all over the place and control quality was just a joke you know control quality that is meant to add value to the project it ended up adding no value whatsoever Control resources, that ran amok, just forget that. And control schedule, what's that? What schedule? Control scope. There was gold plating to the nth degree. And then we got down into talking about some corrective action on this project. But corrective action couldn't be used. It was really unfortunate, you know. After doing all that cost aggregation and coming out with the cost baseline, and getting into quality and doing a thorough CBA, a cost-benefit analysis, 
It was really unfortunate that the cost of quality totally overran us. You see, after coming up with a cost management plan and everyone being gung-ho on the CPI and us saying, okay, let's use a CPAF, oh no, a CPFF, no, a CPIF, and then finally we settle for some sort of hybrid cost reimbursable contract, which happened to be a mistake. Because the cost variances on our project, they were horrendous. What, what didn't they try? Crashing, fast tracking, everything. I mean, the Create WBS process, it seemed to be going somewhere. I just went off the tracks at a point. Criteria was thrown out. And don't even talk about what came after the WBS. We tried to calculate the critical path and we hadn't even gone two weeks in, whereas we realized our total float was negative. Critical path activity was pathetic. And someone who said they knew about CPM proved to be a bogus project manager. Someone who hadn't even been for training anyway. Cowboy project manager. So talking about terms such as the data and data analysis and data data, data gathering techniques and data representation techniques, these were explained to these folks, but they didn't take heed. Decision-making techniques it seemed like it was draconian rule because things like plurality and unanimity were thrown out of the window. We should really, in retrospect, have done a decision tree analysis, you know, but we were already somewhat late and they were just hurriedly trying to get in. You know, the feasibility study that was done, the economic feasibility study, proved to be a joke. The business case was totally off. And that's why we are where we are today. After all that decomposition, after all that dog and pony show in the WBS meeting, here we are with a defect. And not just a defect, a ton of defects. So someone says, oh, let's do defect repair. And I said, well, I'm not sure if defect repair is a solution because there's corrective action and preventive action also important here. And we need to rebaseline so updates will be in order. But that fell on deaf ears. So after defect repair, we went back to the drawing board again, defining our activities all over again, defining scope and churning out deliverables that were no good. The dependencies were hopeless, they were bogus. The determined budget process all over again proved to be a guess, a wild guess, to put it politely, and the development approach, which was being used, like I said, predictive life cycles are great, but at the end of the day, we really needed something else, you know, at best a hybrid. But all of that fell on deaf ears, like I said. Develop project charter is where a lot of it went wrong because the inputs to this process should have warned us. I mean, the, the business case, the benefits management plan, all of this stuff should have told us what was going to happen. So at the end of the day, here we go again, another round of develop project management plan, develop schedule. We tried to develop the team. A lot of the people on the team by this point were already disillusioned. Diagramming techniques which were requested to be used were not used. And the direct and managed project work process just cranked out fake deliverables, ridiculous deliverables. And that's what happens when it is more like a partnering thing. Because this ended up being more like a partnership, a partnership with a dummy. 
a dummy organization seriously have you ever had a dummy organization as a partner you become a ventriloquist putting words into their mouth just to look intelligent but seriously we had big big issues and direct to manage project were cranked out fake deliverables a lot of time their predictions about how much effort would be required were totally off where they should have used LOE they were using discreet effort just a comedy of errors really and these dependencies that they try to put into the schedule instead of using mandatory dependencies and external dependencies they were using the opposite they were using discretionary dependencies and they were all over the place now those documentation reviews that we had before advancing to execution again they proved to be rather mundane because no one wanted to tell the truth you see the durations were off the early finish dates and the early start dates were off and what had been earmarked for completion talking about the earn value earn value management was thrown out of the window even though they claim we are using earn value but they were not using earn value have you ever worked with a dummy for a partner this is exactly what it is now i know some of you might think this is based on reality but This is just talking jazz. <laughs> talking jazz about the Pembok guide. But I'm hoping that these words that I am using are making you think and go into your Pembok guide to say what on earth is he talking about? Is this a real project? Is this fake? Well, imagine it to be a real project like I said that effort and the emotional intelligence required on the project they couldn't be underestimated. And you probably heard this a million times in your head. Don't forget the enterprise environmental factors. Don't forget the estimates. Don't forget to estimate activity durations and estimate activity resources. And don't forget to estimate whatever the work will cost at completion. In other words, the estimate at completion. Don't forget to estimate cost. Don't forget to estimate how much it will cost to complete the project because all of these will help you as you execute. And in the executing process group it is important to use expert judgment explicit knowledge and other things to keep on track with your earn value metrics You see some folks forget that explicit knowledge is important in this whole mix don't just focus on tacit knowledge alone which is more difficult of course but think about explicit knowledge that's your low hanging fruit So these external dependencies that these folks thought they knew they ended up just falling through the cracks. We had to use our fallback plan and we got into fast tracking and actually we did get a fee that we had to pay these folks. Can you imagine on top of all this we had to pay a fee? We got to the finish date and it still wasn't finished. They said, "Oh, sorry, we got our relationships mixed up." I said, "What do you mean by relationships?" They said, "Oh, we got a finish to finish relationship mixed up. It should have been a finish to start." <laughs> like, what? A finish to start? They said, "Yeah, we got it all wrong in the schedule. We got it all wrong, and we we apologize." And I just shook my head and I said, "Well, we should have used a firm fixed price contract for these jokers. We wouldn't be bearing the brunt by now." I remember what I told you about them not wanting to use the Ishikawa. They had the nerve to come back and say, "Well, we don't like fishbone diagrams." I said it's the same thing, dummies. Don't you understand project management at all? And they said, "Well, 
We try our best. I said, you ain't doing enough, my friend. You don't even know anything about fixed price contracts or fixed price incentive fee contracts or fixed price with economic price adjustment contracts. It's evident from how you do business with us that you hardly know anything. So, folks, at the end of the day, we decided to take another look at the schedule and we saw some float. You could call that slack. Again, not just minuscule negative total float, but I'm talking about huge total float, huge, huge negative total float. I'm talking about total float that could be looked at as negative hundreds of days. It was all over by then. You see, by the time we took a look at these flow charts and managed quality, which these folks have put together, it was riddled, riddled with errors, riddled with all sorts of wrong things, unfortunately. So what did we do? We put together a focus group to forecast the end of this project. We once again did a forward pass and we did a computation of free float and we saw that things were just bleak all around. Talking about our organization type, it really had been more like a matrix organization, but some people had described it as a functional organization once upon a time. We tried to do some funding limit reconciliation, but again, management's arms got bent and they were hoodwinked into making these funds available. Funding limits went out of the window. They showed them the Gantt chart and they promised all sorts of high grade stuff, but at the end of the day, what we got was low grade. It was really low grade. By this time, the team had become extremely disillusioned and ground rules were broken. Remember I told you about the histogram that we tried to use to get back on track with our deliverables? Well, that went out of the window as well. Looking back on historical information and trying to identify risks that could have happened, there was really a catalog of errors. We didn't effectively identify stakeholders, we didn't do a good stakeholder analysis, and we didn't implement risk responses as we should have. All of those imposed dates we should have fixed, we were a bit too loose with these imposed dates. Something else we could have done was we could have used an incentive fee for these jokers, but we didn't. And at worst, an incremental life cycle, but definitely not a predictive one. Things went further downhill when we used a predictive or fully plan-driven life cycle instead of something more agile or hybrid or incremental. So that was that. And like I said, we made a big mistake in not compiling these independent estimates because that would have given us some idea about what was going on. During risk management, one of their project managers brought out some strange-looking influence diagram and riddled it with information from an information management system that we don't even know where it existed. The initiating process group was wrong from the get-go, and the inputs that we used for a lot of the processes were totally off. Inspection is something that we should have taken more seriously, but unfortunately we did not interpersonal and team skills, interpersonal skills, those went out the window. And a lot of the interviews that we conducted for risk management were totally off as well. It's like this company X had hoodwinked us into running the project from hell. Seriously. The project 
that we ended up working with these jokers on ended up being the poster child for bad project management. We tried everything that we could. We just couldn't get on track. And I haven't even told you the worst. You know, we put together an IFB, and then from an IFB, we decided, okay, let's make it an RFP, and then let's make it an RFB. And then we just danced around and we changed it from an RFB to an RFP. Talk about issues that should be in an issue book. Talk about trying to get a project right so it doesn't go off the tracks. We didn't do that. So we ended up, like I said, using a predictive life cycle, or I should say they did instead of using an iterative life cycle. They had very limited knowledge, and it's unfortunate. The late finish dates and the late start dates, they went off. Lag went to the dogs. There was no lead time given, so we were always behind trying to catch up, and if you talk about lessons learned that I can put in a lessons learned register that will end up in the lessons learned repository, I've got a boatload of lessons. And like I said, we just totally used the wrong thing. Totally. Imagine using discrete effort instead of LOE. You see? And talking about life cycles, these folks didn't even know the difference between a life cycle and a phase. They were totally confused. So, with that said, we have really come to the end of our first part of PM Talking Jazz, but I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope as I talked jazz, mentioning a lot of these words in your favorite book, I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you are following along. Sometimes it just helps to talk jazz and leave the conventional way of learning. So if any of the words I mentioned threw you for a loop, <laughs> it's time for you to go open up the Pembok Guide and find out what on earth is he talking about. <laughs> it's all there in the book. Thank you for sticking with me, and I look forward to seeing you again on another episode of PM Talking Jazz. Speak to you soon.